It's a peaceful protest. We walking, raising awareness. Some of the injustice that we've been seeing is not okay. And as a young person, you gotta you gotta listen to our perspective. Our voices need to be heard. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, "You were a part of that." I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the '60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We gotta keep pushing forward. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. Sirius XM Sports presents Forward Progress, a weekly open conversation on race and sports in America. Here are your hosts, Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Welcome back to the program. You know that guy. That's Kirk Morrison. I hope you know me too. I'm Jason Jackson. Uh, we got a lot. Uh, we cleared the slate for him, Kirk, today because uh, <laughs> our friends in Cuba are calling for us. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we've got to deal with this ESPN um, battle royale yeah. uh, with uh, Taylor's and Nichols and, and really get to the core of what is really at play. We'll, we'll we'll keep it safe for you, brother. You know that, <laughs> and we ain't, we ain't messing with your change over it. Uh, but let's start off with um, a guest of this program, uh, someone that we're probably both friendly with. I have been yes. friends and colleagues with uh, since he was a writer covering the Seventy Sixers uh, in Philadelphia for the Inquirer, trying to break in to the television side of things as as uh, Kornheiser and Will Bond were making it. You know, very plain that writers can put on makeup too, <laughs> get on television yeah. and, and explode on the scene. Uh, I've known Stephen A. Smith uh, for the entirety of my professional life. I've been an advocate of his, I've been a proponent of his, and I'm happy to say that I can be relatively balanced when I realize uh, some of the things that came out of his mouth this week were absolute foolishness uh, in his attempt to describe what he felt like it was a bad loss for Team USA, which many of us who follow and support Team USA and yep. prominent NBA athletes uh, felt the exact same way. However, there was a more respectful plane to skid across for Stephen A. But instead, he said this. There's no excuse to lose to Nigeria. Some dude, Gabe Namdi, who goes by Gabe Vincent for the Miami Heat, a uh, Caleb Agata, uh, uh, Namu, however the hell you pronounce his name. You give up 60 points on threes. Excuse me. You can do better than that. So being in a network with fellow Nigerians, covering Nigerians, knowing Nigerians the way that we do, you knew this was going to be a complete problem when it came out of his mouth, Kurt. I already knew that. And <laughs> I already knew. I'm like, like Stephen A, like, come on, man. Here we you go. You gotta be better. And and I know you're trying to have this sense of... On the take of, show, right? He's yeah. doing the take tone. Right? You know, a hot take. Uh, you're trying to get that barbershop setting and like, oh, yeah, how are we going to do this and lose? But you got to understand, too, that everything that you say, man, people listening, they listening to your every word. And he is a man of influence. He is a man that has the highest paid man at the worldwide leader in sports. Are you <laughs> let's get, talk let's about just it. Let's just get to it, right? Yeah. Like, uh, right. This let's, is, let's, it's irresponsible. It, it is. It's, it's irresponsible also, too, and to the fact of I, I think he knows better. And I think this is what happens sometimes when you get caught up into the entertainment of it. 
I think Stephen A, the writer, Stephen A, the actual talk show host, the actual guy who is speaks very eloquently about what he feels about. He is very passionate about his takes, about how he feels. And even if he's not right, he's going to make you feel as if he's right. But when it comes to sometimes entertaining and having the shock value, I think he missed the ball on this one. He And I think he realized, like, wow, um, I, I can't say that. I, I can't do that. Because some of the same things that he preaches and he fights for as a black man in this society, mm-hmm. you know, also, too, sometimes your words affect another group of people. It kind of, because what you say, Stephen A., People some, not only believe it, but they take it as fact. Right. Like, I know, I, I have friends and family of mine who say, man, you heard what Stephen A. said today? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, what'd he say? What'd he say? <laughs> oh, he said this and this, and man, the Cowboys and this. I said, man, look, just remember, this is one man's opinion. It, he doesn't speak for the entire uh, country. He doesn't speak for a black man. He doesn't speak for black people. Um, he speaks for himself. And so for him to, first of all, get out and apologize for all of his comments, I get it. Uh, I understand it. But also, too, you know, he's in a different, I think, he's in a different stratosphere as far as influencers in terms of our business as well. He's not a low-level guy. He is, a, he is one of the guys at the top. Yeah, they put his name right behind Sports Hitter. They only right. <laughs> two people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Scott Van Pelt and Stephen A. Smith. Um, it didn't stop there. We'll get to the apology in a minute. Well, this, mm. this will be fair and balanced. Um, it didn't stop there, though, Kirk. Right. Um, the midseason classic, as we taped this uh, on Wednesday, was last night. The biggest story in baseball was Stephen A.'s focus. And he said this. I'm not taking anything away from Otani. I know what he's doing on the field. I know it's nothing short of spectacular. And I understand that baseball is an international sport itself in terms of participation. But when you talk about an audience gravitating to the tube or to the ballpark to actually watch you, okay, I don't think it helps that the number one face is a dude that needs an interpreter so you can understand what well, the hell he's English saying a, in this country. Helpful. And that's what I'm trying to say. That reeks of such insane nationalism mm. that usually is a sign the rightest of the right was spouted at uh, Mexicans as I was growing up. Now, anybody that doesn't speak English primarily coming here, I was thinking about the biggest, uh, I want to say everyday player, but <laughs> that's what we're talking about. The, yeah. the Tatis for me, right? For me, mm-hmm. is the best player in baseball. Man right. plays shortstop, hits bombs, steals bases, talks bleep. He's yeah. my, like, I mean, the bat flips, all of that. Come on, I mean, yeah, come, come on. on, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I love the Reds, yes. and you know, the Padres <laughs> have pounded my face in right here, but I respect that man. Yeah, he speaks yeah. two languages, correct, and maybe more. I don't know. <laughs> so, to think that an international player that happens to utilize an interpreter doesn't speak English, so let's just get to that issue there. Um, is usually a fallacy. It's an issue of comfort and making sure that you're communicating your thoughts the way that 
they're coming from you versus you constantly interpreting in your head. And it takes a while to get comfortable there. The face of the National Basketball Association in the next three to five years will be from Slovenia. Correct. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that small thinking of the point, I get the point. America's pastime, we all grew up loving this game. Yeah. Most of us, you know, I love loved it. Correct. And it doesn't feel like it used to. Thank God. Thank God baseball, which is still struggling through regionalism, by the way. It is. I mean, I sat there doing my old man thing on Tuesday night. Go, who is this? <laughs> yes. What team is I'm that? in the National okay. League. I like to see a couple of American League teams. I just I don't watch any American yeah. League games anymore. When I was a kid, I would kind of go back and forth. I'd watch some Cleveland games, but I, right. now when I moved in '85, I was all Reds. Yeah. Held on to the Browns though. Don't get me wrong. I got you. But everything's international now. Who can't yeah. buy MLB extra innings? Every corner of the globe. I don't, this one blew my mind even more than the Nigerian one, only because Stephen A. knows better. He knows the business of all of this. And then why would you even, you just had that trip up right. with the basketball universe. And, and I, like you said earlier, I think this comes from, and I said this to myself, Stephen shouldn't feel like he's got to talk about everything. Yeah. But he does because that's what, that paycheck requires. That's what, that's that's what, what the job pays for. Yeah. Platforms require. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Jax, this one was huge because, <clears throat> you know, here in California where I'm at, um, it is a large, you know, Japanese populated areas, um, especially in California. And they have been outraged by these comments because, you know, here we are going through not only this, the, this, the stop Asian hate, just Asian hate in general, the, you know, Asian Americans not feeling safe um, amongst all Americans. And so when you say this, that what Stephen A did, it, it does, you know, it, it hurts a group of people to a point where it's like, wow, here we are just trying to fight for equality, fight for people to understand and yet here is a man who comes from also a group of people who are still fighting that same fight. And you say that because if the tables were reversed, we would be outraged if someone said, hey, that man, that black man can't be the face of of uh, a, a, a baseball because which has been said. Yeah, which, yeah he because he can't because he doesn't talk the, the, the language uh, the, the way that it was taught in schools. You know what I mean? He'd be like, wait, what? Right. We will be just as outraged because I did have this conversation. I had the conversation about where baseball is at. And me and my buddies, we talked about the four sport, four major sports in, in, in America, baseball, basketball, football, and we threw in hockey. And we said, hockey, baseball, and the NBA, they're global. They're, they're not sports that are just American sports. They are global sports. You're not just going to get your American-born player and expect that American-born player to grow all the way up <clears throat> and be the best. It's not going to be that way. These sports are global, that you're going to have other countries involved. You're going to have people of all races, genders, 
everything to make up these different sports. I said, well, in my sport, in football, it is the American sport. Because you don't get a lot of the outside, a lot of the, you know, people from different countries. Because my buddy was saying, man, you know what? It's weird when I go out of country, people always say, man, you're an American football player. I see you. Because it is such of our country, unique, football right. is, is unique. But I think also that's what hurts football. Because it doesn't have that same appeal as some of the other sports. That you're able to have people of all countries be able to play. Or you can have people of all countries, but a Shohei Otani could, you know, if he played football, it'll be different. There are Asian Americans. There are Asian folks who play football. But when it comes to baseball, him being the face of baseball, why can't he? If I'm a little kid, I'm not looking up and saying, oh, wow, he doesn't speak good English and I'm not going to follow him. I want to follow the, the American kid. No, I want you, you're going to follow the Who's best the baddest player. man around. You're going to follow the best player. You mentioned it, Luca, right? Luca in the NBA. Saint Luca's a bad man. And I don't care when I turn him on. I don't care what, what, what English or I mean, what language he's speaking. I just know the man know how to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. And that's what you follow. Four, by the way, four languages. <laughs> way. Yeah, but it, it's you know, Jax. I'm just I've been just kind of wrapping my mind around all of this too. Last couple of days, just because this was it did kind of take me back because we are at a time where we've had so much going on in our own country, right? And now we're starting to see other folks come in and say, "Hey, don't marginalize us either." No, Maybe. and that's the thing now, and we got to kind of hold on to that. Listen, right. Stephen A. Smith doesn't hate Nigerians. No, not at all. He's not trying to hold them back. He no, doesn't no. hate Japanese people. He's not trying to hold them back, but he was dismissive as hell. Right. And that's why he's catching hell. And Stephen A. Smith took an opportunity to get on his radio show and provide an apology on both fronts. I want to start the show today the only way it can and should start today, with an apology. My sincere apology, to be quite honest with you. An apology that is from me, from the heart, not from the network, not from anybody else, just me. Not something handed down to me to say something on the airwaves. Because I alone messed up. I can say that my intentions were good, but as a black man in America, I've heard a lot of people say hurtful things about the black community and then claim the intentions were good. I know it doesn't work like that. And you know I don't let people get away with that excuse when it's targeted at black America. What I said about Shoei Otani on first take hurt the Asian community and the Asian American community. How I spoke about the Nigerian basketball team on the very same show hurt people as well. So it doesn't matter what my opinion was or my intentions were. What matters is that I messed up and that I intend to learn and listen to people in those communities to better understand their perspectives on their culture, on language, on marketability, you name it. I messed up and I hurt people with my words. And for that, I apologize to Shoei Atani and his family for the hurt I caused by my remarks. I apologize to the Asian community and the Asian American community. I apologize to the Nigerian basketball team too. I sincerely apologize. I also sincerely hope that my mistake helps push the conversation forward to educate people out there on these issues and many others. Obviously, myself would be included in that. 
Listen, I'm going to take that man at his word that those, that those are sincere, thoughtful apologies, that he was not prompted to make them. They felt a little prepared, and I'm glad that they were. I'm glad right. that they were thoughts that he put down. Um, when Stevens at his best, <laughs> that's what he does, weaving thoughts together. Um, it's when he has to sit down at a table for two hours in the morning and just be a part of, you know, the mosh pitting of sports takes. <laughs> You're going to get what you get. Yeah. Which sometimes is going to be a complete mess. But I'm not excusing him from his responsibility. Correct. That that platform requires. Yes. People want to be entertained. Yes. They want their hot takes. There has got to be a standard the way we're going to talk to people and about people as well. Yeah, I, and I think you, you said it best. There is a standard that you have to uphold. Um, there is a form of, because sometimes not everybody is Stephen A. Smith. I think that there are other people who were in the same situation. You know, you would see uh, more harsher repercussions behind this because we're, we forgive some, but we, we don't forgive all. I think because Stephen A has a track record and a resume that shows that he, you know, does not have these types of tendencies, uh, does not have this uh, sort of speech that he's, you know, had the last. This isn't who he's been made up to be. He has been a man of the people who who sits and fights for all, not just black Americans, but for everybody to have that equality. So I think that now when you look at this, just the, the way this has all been laid out over the last couple of days, mm-hmm. it does. It's again, while we're having this conversation, be, be aware of what you say. Watch what you say, because what you may think doesn't affect you does affect somebody else. You know, it, it does hurt someone else if you decide like man I, I i don't like going over here because every time i go over there it's this kind of people I'm like hold on wait wait you're 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 talking about something that doesn't concern you like understand that you're hurting someone else by your speech by your actions and next thing you know you're adding to uh, a lot of the stereotypes in which people come across each and every day. Our job is to make sure we break down those stereotypes, yeah. make sure that we're saying, hey, that's not indicative of who all people are or who all this uh, particular group are. You got to listen. You got to talk. You got to understand. And I think that's what Stephen A, that we've been able to uh, have this conversation now that, look, Stephen A, you messed up. You, you're not hundred percent accurate. You, you messed up one of the few times I've seen you mess up, but to understand that you understand how to figure it out and say, you know what? I can't do that. This isn't Disney. This isn't, we said, this isn't ESPN. This is all me. I messed up. Right. Well, hopefully we can take him at his word and we'll begin to see the growth and continued education that he hoped for others and himself uh, for us, Kirk Morrison and Jason Jackson We've learned when to stop. It's time to take a break. When we come back, (laughs) a little bit later, we'll get inside what the Cuban community here in America is expecting of black folks, Mm. desiring of black folks, and we'll see how that lines up. But when we come back, more ESPN. Kirk, you got to let us know what's, (laughs) what's the real problem as it pertains to messaging, as it pertains to communication, Fulfillment, real diversity, and inclusion at the worldwide leader in sports. We'll jump in that abyss when we return here on Forward Progress. 
You're listening to Forward Progress on Sirius XM Radio. Morrison, Jackson, and you here on Forward Progress. A little bit later, we'll get inside how the unrest in Cuba is kind of rolling back into America and what Cuban Americans want from all of us who were in the streets last summer. So <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. But right now, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know what's happening with NBA coverage at ESPN. Maria Taylor is the lead host. Uh, Rachel Nichols doesn't really have a spot at all, uh, except for her spot on the jump. Um, this all stemming from uh, comments she made last summer uh, that were, let me be plain, by the way, illegally recorded and then um, leaked from a staff member at ESPN. Comments that, uh, listen, um, I assume speak to her truth and LeBron James's uh, main spokesperson's truth about how uh, Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movements are impacting the way organizations are thinking, how they're behaving, and Rachel believing that she didn't get that top spot on shoot-around um, because she's not a black woman. Discounting a lot of stuff that she's apologized about and... Mm-hmm. All this is happening while Maria Taylor's uh, negotiating a brand new contract, which I understand. Now, this is this is some some scuttlebutt on the street. I don't I don't <laughs> right. have. I try not to get in people's money, but yeah, oh yeah. Let's just say seven figures has been offered just to extend the deadline, and she told them no. Mm. So, what's next here? What's next? Like what 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 is the the real solution? Uh, the communications department at ESPN is overrun, right? Like they can't right. keep slapping. Um, what's that? What's that? That spray? That that black spray? They do as on television. It it, it seals. The the yeah, the seal. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. they can't keep <laughs> slapping the spray and the yeah. patches on everything. <laughs> um, clearly, leadership doesn't want to just get in a room and act like leaders, right? And therefore, it's left to those people who have platforms to behave well or not. I don't know what I want to do from a blame game standpoint. If anything, here's what I know. Leaders lead. Right. ESPN's void of too many leaders. They just need people, you know, who are beneath the president level. Like, listen, the president of a network has massive financial responsibilities. Correct. Getting down here in the minutia, the monotony and the malaise <laughs> of interplay should be at that executive level, but that's what EVPs and VPs, senior VPs are for. And it feels like everybody's run for the hills. Now I know there was a time where even the presidents mm-hmm. would have flown to wherever, right? In this case, get everybody in Phoenix. We're going to get in this room. We're going to work this stuff out. Right. Because you all are delusional. These are my television shows. <laughs> exactly. They're not any of yours. Ain't yours. See, I'll come right. in there like Black Daddy. This <laughs> is my house. That's my car. Uh-huh. This is, I pay the insurance. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. And that's not to demean anybody in their positions, but man, this is sloppy. Uh-huh. There's got to be leadership that holds the reins and pulls everyone together. This team isn't as small as it was when I showed up in 1995. This right. is a massive international corporation 
that's a part of a multinational billion dollar monster and it's it all of this should have rolled out better than it did and I, I don't blame rachel or maria for that i blame leadership yeah well i can tell you uh ernie johnson and shaquille o'neal kenny <laughs> kenny smith those guys charles barkley they sit back and say see look we we we, we good over here um <laughs> we might be nuts on TV, but we're fine in the background. We're right? Fine over here. No, I, I kid because um, you know this one is one that uh, it kind of caught me because you have a couple aspects. I mean, a couple of uh, you know layers to this. First of all, we're talking about women and women equality. First, let's be honest, mm -hmm. right? Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor, two prominent women in prominent roles within the sports landscape, right? Two of the big shows that allow us the information that we get week in, week out, day in and day out when it comes to basketball. So not only have they, you know, kind of fought through that aspect of rising and hosting two prominent shows as women, which you give the kudos to ESPN for allowing them to do that and give us the good content, not because they're women, but because they're actually really good at what they do. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. They're really good at what they do. But then you see the next part where you see the, the, the racial component that falls in line with this. And I think a lot of it goes back to how this show first started, Forward Progress, right. with, you know, obviously the murder of George Floyd, where a lot of different companies, not just ESPN, but I think countries across the, I mean, uh, companies across the board, had to look at what are we doing with our hiring process? Mm. What are we doing in terms of educating ourselves on how our company is ran and also the, the, the people who run different departments? How do we miss so much? Because I know for a lot of things that we have talked about on this program before, Jax, is that for many years before last summer of 2020, we have all been in our own bubble. Oof. We are been in our own bubble right and you forget what happens outside of your bubble because <laughs> you don't go out of it. You stay in it. You know, I, for me, I remember one time I was like, I forgot that it's oh, it's traffic on this side of the spot. I don't go. I'm, I'm not on this side of the city no more. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in my spot. I'm good. I can move around. But I, I kid because I think that's what a lot of companies have had to deal with. And in this case, you know, people feel a little slighted because, oh, we have an agenda that we have to push. So this person gets gets this accolade and gets this opportunity. But what about me? I'm the one that started this and I did this. And to me, it never should be that way. It, it should never be that way. And to your point, I think it does come down from leadership. But also, too, like I mentioned before, with leadership prior always staying in their bubble, you're not aware of what is going on. And when a situation like this does occur, everybody has to sit down and say, how are we going to do this all together? This is one big family. Right. And look, we all have equal parts. You don't get this because, oh, this is what I've done and this is what I've done and I've been here long enough. When it comes down to coverage of a sport, everybody's involved. Everybody's involved. And I'll just use my sport in particular, um, football. When it comes down to the NFL's crown jewel of the offseason, 
or you can throw the Super Bowl in there, but I'll, but the Super Bowl goes to different networks. But when it comes to the NFL draft, the offseason jewel, it's spread throughout the entire company. Everyone has a piece of it. It's not just one person's baby. It's the entire company. We're all going to have a piece in it. We're all going to share within this celebration of how we start the next season. And for the NBA Finals, it should be the same way. How do we all incorporate? How do we all stay? We're all a part of this, especially two women. So when I did hear those comments, and I know they were off the record, they were taped, but to even still think that, oh, this was an, an agenda, this is where the ESPN bottom line has to be because we want to be more diverse. I will just say, why can't we all do it together? Why can't we all build this thing together? That's That was my whole take from it. Just You don't want to bring down somebody else for their accomplishments. And I don't think that Rachel was bringing it down, but to say that, oh, some, one person is getting this because of the color of her skin, it should never be that way. Just sometimes you say that person is actually really good too. Right. And we both are good at what we do. And you know what? How can we do it together? How can we do more? How can you split, split the show, do it from here? I mean, there's different reasons. And this is where you mentioned, again, leadership has to come in. And I think the realization is now you have to have departments to take care of this because if you're not doing it, you don't know. Right. Just <laughs> I, I got so many analogies and, and comparisons from like, you know, dealing with my kids. Right. I tell my kids all the time, you know, my son, he makes a mess. Right, Jax. You've been through this before already, but I'm going through this <laughs> as, a, as a young father that look that mess. When you try to clean up your own mess, it just makes more mess. <laughs> How about tell me when it first happens? Say, hey, you know what? I got something going on down here. I don't know how to handle it. What should we do about it? But when you try to clean up your own mess, it creates more mess and more mess. And now by the time I step in, I got to fix it all. You could have tell we could have did this a long time ago and be done with it. But now it's become bigger. And now we're answering questions and trying to figure out the like, how do we fix this problem when it could have been easily fixed a long time ago? It, it. The name that keeps popping up in my mind is Norby Williamson. Okay. And I want to be careful with you because I, I know full well the, the, the breadth and width <laughs> of, of Norby's reach. Here's a right. guy who came into this organization and worked his way up from the mailroom. Wow. Right? He was a okay. driver. Mm -hmm. Go pick up Vitel from the airport. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um. By the time I got there, he was one of the most prominent executives as it pertains to sports center specifically. Give it another 10 years, that man's a executive overseeing all content. Then there was a time where he got kind of shoved to the edge. Mm. And it looked like he was going to be a casualty of just time and the desire to cut some salaries as they've done Right. Three massive, just machete chops yeah. over the last decade. But with the departure of Skipper and it's Petoro, right? Then yeah. now is the president. Um, Norby found his way back to the throne. <laughs> I haven't heard his voice in this. And I, that, that's mystifying to me. Mm. Anytime something is in place to pat 
the organization on its back, I see those quotes from Norby Williams. Where, where have they been? Did I have, a, have I missed some? I don't feel like I've seen any. And that's the level that this type of thing should be handled at. If you are the highest ranking executive for content and the content creators are in the octagon, get in there with them. Mm. Now leaving this space a year ago, Kurt, when everyone knew this tape existed. I knew. What did I miss? Didn't this stuff mm. all come out a year ago? And then it comes roaring back as the final starts this next time around. And we know everybody has an axe to grind, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. His representatives, Rachel's lawyers. Listen, I'm assuming that when that tape came out, the Sawyer family, her in-laws, mm -hmm. called everyone they knew. <laughs> the Alexander family, her people. Everyone they knew. We are lawyering up. Mm. This is... I'm sure they likened it to the violation that occurred with, um, I cannot think of her name right now. She's at Fox. I uh, had the violation uh, in her hotel room. Yeah, uh, Aaron Andrews. Aaron Andrews. I apologize. Yeah. No, you're not. But, uh, man, oh, man. A vacuum of leadership. Yeah. And it still doesn't feel very resolved. It's just... The finals is marching on. Everybody's being a decent soldier, and Maria's either going to stay or go, right? Right. Malika Andrews, hang on, hang <laughs> on. Yeah, there might be a, there might be a void to fill. She was <laughs> she might slide in that chair, man. And nobody gets it, Maria nor Rachel. I I kid, and I shouldn't because right. this is a serious topic with real people, real lives. Mm -hmm. um, listen, Rachel had this in her contract. I can understand right. her being upset about it. That's yeah. a discussion we have. Mm -hmm. That's not just an, an anointing with no conversation. Maria has earned it. Correct. So I don't know who's wrong other than the fact we got Rachel on tape, which that's wrong stuff that came out of her mouth. It was also wrong how it was acquired. It was wrong how it rolled out. Right. So, I mean, we just wrong, we're getting wrong, wrong, wrong. everywhere. <laughs> so, too many wrongs on this and one. not making the right. <laughs> and listen, and I'm not mad at Maria <laughs> playing this to any way she wants at this right. point. Um, but uh, who's going to lose in the end? Most likely the viewer. Yeah. Most likely. Because the platform that ESPN is so massive. All due respect to everybody else competing in the game. They know. They know they their know. place. Yeah, I can see Maria popping over to Fox and being a lead voice for college football, getting into uh, the rotation in the National Football League. It wouldn't be the same. It just wouldn't. Right. Um, but I wish her the very best. I'm glad she's got that juice. I see the time is clicking away, and here we are with one segment remaining. Let's take a quick break. I'm Jackson. He's Morrison. You're listening to Forward Progress. When we come back, I, I've, I've had some whispers in my uh -oh. ears from my Cuban friends as unrest as it pertains to a lack of Everything in Cuba, okay. uh, mostly aligned with COVID-19, has caused for the, the American Cuban community um, to show its solidarity. They want us to show up. Will we? We'll discuss it when we come back. You're listening to Sirius XM Radio. Radio. 
We now return to Forward Progress. Here's Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Kirk, we got a good one. We got a good one. That that Caribbean island that's been a thing since the 50s is a thing again. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Cuba. We're talking about uh, what people are calling the next revolution. Um, let's kind of run down what's going on. Over the weekend, uh, people rolled into the streets. People do not roll into the streets Mm-mm. in Cuba and protest the no, government. No, no. That does not occur. But enough had been enough, and it mostly had to do with the fact uh, that Cuba has been lagging behind in COVID regulations, in uh, COVID treatment, in vaccination distribution. You name it, it's been a problem. People are dying. Right. People are dying in, in, on the floors of hospitals, in the streets. This isn't, I'm not making up some sort of musical for you to feel bad about. This is what's happening. Um, you know where I live. I live right here in Paradise. I live 90 oh, yeah. miles away. People come up on shore in rafts to get away from that regime that has dominated that space for now 70 years. And I was reading a note from a young Cuban who I know, and he's left of center because those Cubans that are to the right of center, um, they don't have any harbor here. Mm. Not with me. Okay. But he is a young Cuban. Most young Cubans don't connect so much to the revolution, but do have a heart. And they recognize that that regime, the government structure, is in a position to do better, and they're not. And they're blaming everyone else for it. And namely the United States. And it uh, is interesting because now um, the Cuban community has taken to the streets here. And they have been in that space now for, as we tape this on Wednesday, for three days. The question was asked today by this very same young, thoughtful, progressive uh, Cuban. Something that gave me pause. We were with you last summer. Are you with us now? Mm. It was a very direct reference to Black Lives Matter movement. And are we as a community taking on of the uh, that's not our fight mentality? I don't feel that way. I look forward to hearing how you feel. There may be a reality when you start looking around in faces that are gathering in the streets. By the way, get off of the highway. You're not proving anything. I said this to my people. Get off the highway. I get it. Helicopters shoot you. Uh, There's solidarity that you can show back in Cuba. There's no internet in Cuba right now. Information's not getting in, so you're just showing out. We get it. All you have to do is tell me. I got it. You want to protest in front of American Airlines Arena. You want to go to uh, Versailles. You want to be on, um, uh, what do you call it, Kyocho. Mm-hmm. All these other intense Cuban communities around the nation have these enclaves in which that could occur. Man, listen, it's too dangerous. Let's get beyond the inconvenience. It's dangerous. The way traffic had to stop yesterday here in South Florida could have killed people, Kurt. 
That can't be the objective. So I'm making that. That's one little editorial for me. I'm with you. Get off the highway. Yeah. No, but now how deep do we need to go as black folks as it pertains to Cubans? Because as, as a whole, Cubans ain't got no time for us. I'm willing to say that. Mm-hmm. There's a ah. very challenging relationship between Cuban Americans and African Americans. It's been my experience. That doesn't mean we don't take higher ground or meet them at their ground or recognize right. the, 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 the struggle. It's just careful with your mouth because usually you ain't got nothing nice to say as a whole. Now, that tends to be the older, connected to the 50s revolution Cuban that has that, 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 that bigotry in them. Mm-hmm. And usually it's not their kids, which are my age, or the younger kids that are now the third generation living here in America. But I, I got to take it all into consideration. I'm all over the place. Talk about it. Come on, Kirk. We're, we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's something that, you know, last summer you had a lot of people who came to help in the fight for Black Lives yeah. Matter. To help in the protest for George Floyd. But a lot of people yeah. saw it as a, a fight against police brutality, though. A lot of people saw it as a fight against corrupt cops, mm-hmm. right? So some people found their angle within our protest last year. This protest is different because now you're actually unifying with a group yeah. to get that message across. And so it seems to me is that Cuban, Cubans, Cuban-Americans may be looking for allies. Like, we, we need your help. And it's a situation where I think some p- folks have to say, you know what, if people are being oppressed, how can I help? Right. If, if people see that things are not going the way that they should in another spot, Jax, how can I help? Mm-hmm. But where do I go to? Because it, again, we're talking about what's effective, effective protest, because the one thing about the protests when it was here it directly affected our local government. It directly affected the people who needed to go places. You remember you talked about get off the highway. Yeah. Well, they were stopping the places where the elected officials need to go. So elected officials could not ignore what was going on. Our country couldn't ignore because it was everywhere. But when it comes to this situation, you mentioned it. And just the, my little bit of research that I've been able to do over the last couple of days, figuring out, you know, why there are so many people protesting even here in Los Angeles in different parts. There is no Internet. There is no Wi-Fi. There's nothing going on in Cuba to where the message is people can see that outside of Cuba, there are people fighting, hoping to get more attention for this. So I think, honestly, in, in order to have be an ally, we're being an ally for what though are we being an ally to have our country america put their foot down and say hey no what you guys are doing down there it's not right you know what i mean like that's the part that i'm trying to figure out because that's what the message has been this entire time with these embargoes and then you got the president of mexico saying well if the u.s would just lift the embargoes everything would be easier that's not that's not that's not true right that's not that's, how it works. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Jax is like, because I do want to join the fight. But also, too, this is what happens to a lot of folks. 
does this directly affect me here? Right. You know, because same thing when I saw, you know, the things that are going on with the people of, of the Ar uh, Armenians here in California. Right. You know, the same thing. I I've seen their protests, large protests, you know, Israel, Palestine, all that. You, you see everything that's going on and you want to help. Yeah. Listen, we saw those those protests around the world. Yes. Black Lives Matter, solidarity. I'm with you. I get it. I see it. I'm challenged by the association, mm -hmm. specifically Cuban-American and African-American. Right. I'm willing to put things in the past, let bygones be bygones. Correct. Uh, you know, we all should be in that spirit. It's what is the correct thing to save these lives. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. As a part of regime change, Right. <laughs> like we got there's gotta be like what are we gonna do? Let's save these people, right? Let's get these people everything they need. Correct. Um, and now we're talking about, you know, changing government leadership. That that that's those are boots on the ground. Those are guns in hands. That is didn't go well the first <laughs> couple times we've tried that, right? Yeah. Now there isn't a Soviet Union, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. exist. But there is a Republic of China. And that is a challenging relationship, right? Like you want to talk about trying to be competitive, trying to work two different economic systems, um, trying to trust one another with no good reason to do it. Um, <laughs> like we're not, did we get to capitalism and, and communism yet? Like no, uh -huh. there is. So much at play there. And, yeah. and you obviously know where China falls on this and where the United States falls on this. And if you think, I, listen, I, I, I'm glad it's not my responsibility because I couldn't imagine the balance of humanitarian effort versus global responsibility. Mm. And the United States has a responsibility as as the nation on watch yeah. as it pertains to Cuba. And so this is, I get passion. I get history. I get it all. I live right here in it. You in it. Uh, but we're going to keep talking. We're going to have to keep talking about it. That, that's, I, that's the only thing I have, Kirk, that keeps us moving forward. Yeah. yeah I think uh, well put there, Jax, is that uh, we do have an obligation to hopefully fix what we can right but also too um it's like you want to keep something you don't want to stick your nose into something that doesn't involve you but this no. i feel does involve you yeah it involves you big time yeah. especially when a lot of your population too is of cuban descent right here in my neighborhoods man it's something else listen we've run out of time we covered some mm. big stuff today. Coming Look forward to doing it again next time we're together. For our producer, Pernell Brown, he's my partner. Kirk Morrison, I'm Jason Jackson. We'll talk to you next time.